Well, welcome. Welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and this show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. They're our presenting sponsor, and we're so grateful for Joe Turner and Kelly Polonis, all the teammates over at Great Southern Bank. We thank you for what you do each and every day. They are excellent teammates in this adventure. Great Southern Bank is serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs, and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com. Member. FDIC. Other sponsors that we're grateful for, and they are handpicked Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford in Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. We, you know, we, we'll talk about them throughout the show, and we're very grateful for them as well. Our last show, we wrapped up our series on sports dads, and we had John Beckham and Ryan Schafitzel here. They told some great stories, they had some great insights. I really appreciated them sharing their perspective. If you want to listen to that episode, you can go to a coachesperspective.com under previous shows or on Apple iTunes, Spotify, Verbal, and now on Helium Satellite Radio, all under a coach's perspective. I'm so excited for our guests this evening. We're going to have a one-on-one conversation with Coach Dave Archer. He has over 40 years of involvement with basketball, including coaching at the high school and college level, most recently at Binghamton University in New York. And he has led several different organizations. He's the founder and executive director of the Basketball Coaches Association of New York. He's the founder and director of the New York State Basketball Coaches Clinic. He's the director of New York State Basketball Hall of Fame. He is a board member of the National Basketball Coaches Association, and he's a founder and executive director of the National High School Basketball Coaches Association. He has authored a book, Beyond the X's and O's. It's a college textbook for future coaches that have been used by over 25 college and universities. He's a member of the Seton Catholic Central High School Hall of Fame. He's a recipient of the Basketball Coaches Association of New York Service Award. He's a recipient of the National Pro-Am Achievement Award at Madison Square Garden and the Innicott Rotary Club Distinguished Service Award. He's a recipient of the Douglas MacArthur Award for Service to Youth. And in 2012, he was inducted into the National High School Basketball Coaches Association. What an incredible journey he has had in the world of basketball and the impact that he has made not only on the players in his programs, but in the coaches that have surrounded him and the people that have learned from his wisdom. One of the things that is really heavy on his heart is the mental health of athletes and the escalated mental coaching that is needed with our youth athletes and our collegiate athletes. So we're going to talk with him a little bit about that. I'm very happy to introduce Coach Dave Archer on the show. Well, I now want to welcome the Executive Director of the National High School Basketball Coaches Association, Coach Dave Archer. Welcome, Coach. Glad to be here, Jenny. Very glad to be here. We're, we're so happy that you could take the time to talk about this important issue. I mean, being in charge of, of such a, a tremendous resource for mm-hmm. coaches across our country, it's really important that we have this you know, conversation and we continue to have this conversation um, as much as we can. And you know, we're, we're bringing some of that light and generating some conversation, if you will, over mental health of athletes, right? And I like to call mm-hmm. it mental coaching because mm-hmm. we don't want to just recognize that they have a mental health issue. We want to talk about coping strategies and mechanisms that, that they can do in order to, to get through some of those and reach their you know, hypothetical potential, if you will. Mm-hmm. So uh, first thing, just your general thoughts about the mental health status of, of the high school players in our country. 
I think that it's um, uh, a cr reached critical points in, in many different levels of scholastic um, athletes. I think that it was exacerbated by the you know, COVID situation. And I'm, I'm really into the fact that um, we've gone off the rails with youth sports. And one of the rails that we've really jumped is what does this do to kids? I've, I've gone to say a, a high school and I see a kid come out from practice, uh, rip off his Jersey, put on a lacrosse Jersey, and then go to lacrosse practice. And I'm sitting there thinking physically, what does this guy give? And mentally, what does this guy or girl give? So I've been every place I look, I see it. And I'm, of the you know started a long time ago in coaching where you were tough a lot of the people that mm -hmm. um coached me and stuff I and mean, that was part of they they served their time and you know so it's different now and that's good uh but it's it's a, a different process we used to worry about do they have food do they have uh, parents that care whereas now it's the physical health and their mental health so there's a lot to it there is. And it's that total picture and that total package that we want. Um, we don't want to just focus on their physical skills or their sport specific mm. skills. We've got to put into play, you know, the mental skills and what you were just talking the nutrition. Um, yes. We've got to take in that whole package. Um, I think yes. that's something that's so important. Big time, big time. All right. And I, as you would well agree to, the toughest thing we have to do is convince the parents that here's what should be happening. No matter whether you think this one-year-old is going to get a scholarship someday or not, isn't part of the package. You know? Right, so. right. I I think that is something that is a. Uh, it, it's becoming more and more rampant. But I'm hoping conversations um, that we can start bringing some more awareness of the effects of what um, some of this pressure is putting on on kids. Um, you know, as a sports counselor, I see a lot of athletes and teams, uh, you know, dealing with different mental roadblocks. So perfectionism, performance, oh. anxiety, fear of failure, inconsistent confidence, uh, success, guilt. That's a thing. Um, you know, are you seeing this? I, I feel like perfectionism is probably the, the biggest roadblock that, I, that I see. What are you seeing with? with I, I see that I have grandsons that uh, played in youth sports and then they went on in high school. They didn't play in college, but I, I watched it, you know, and I, and I was like, this isn't right because to be perfect, they, they had to be perfect for that AA um, youth coach. They had to be perfect for their scholastic coach, but mostly for the parent. The parent is the one that was putting this undue perfectionism on their kid, which of course, as you know, freezes you. It's like, I'm afraid to do anything now. So yes, I definitely see it. It's so true. And I, I feel like they don't, like they'll make a mistake and they look at it as a reflection on them as a human being, not just I yep. made a mistake in a game. And, yep. and it, it can be crippling to for growth um, because you can't get past that when you feel um, that you, that, that you're, that it affects who you are as a person. That's correct. Can't get past it. And right. You know, you talk about social media and how it affects people's social lives. Mm -hmm. It certainly affects their athletic life. Without you know, a doubt. About, you know, Without the, a doubt. Yeah. The chatter that goes back and forth between two school teams that are going to be playing each other, et cetera. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's um, not healthy. It's not. And I, I know that um, at the college level and the professional level, um, you know, there's a lot of people that say, oh, well, you know, they, they, they need to be able to handle that. And, 
I don't really agree with that either because um, who are you to judge (laughs) these athletes, number one, but number two, high school kids, when it occurs to high school kids where they're getting, you know, hazed on, on social media or, um, or they are internally comparing themselves to someone else and don't feel like they're up to that expectation. um, That's something that, that it scares me how much that can affect them. Rightfully so. And I, and I, I forget some of the states that were mentioning that they're going to try and not let people have social media or anything until they're 12 years old. Not, I don't know how they'll ever enforce that. Right. But yeah, it is very, very harmful. It is. It's difficult. And, you know, and then 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 you have you look at your your parents social media and oftentimes you see this the highlight of your child and you're building them up. This is what my child is. My child did this, did that, which is great. Celebrate those moments. There's no nothing wrong with celebrating yeah. those moments, but be, but be mindful of, of what that, you know, generates in their mind as well. I need to exactly. be on mom's highlight reel. That's not a conscious thought, but it sure can be a subconscious thought. Absolutely. Absolutely. I see like where I teach. Um, I was in a, a department meeting. One woman said, well, I'm, I'm going to be out Thursday and Friday. And I said, well, where are you going? And she said, well, we're going to Orlando. I said, well, oh, really? For what? Um, a junior high girls soccer tournament. <laughs> I said, oh, she goes, yeah, we're hoping. Scholarship, we're hoping. The kid's in seventh grade. Oh, my goodness. You know? I'm right. thinking, so that kid's going to go out there. And when they come off, what's the parent going to say? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you kick? Why did you You know? Yeah. Not How many good. goals did you have? How many? Yes. You've got, you've got to be careful. And, and parents, it's a fine line because you, you know, I, I had, a, my father was a professional athlete. He played in the NFL. Um, I, I had uncles that also played professionally. I mean, sports was a big part of our family. I don't mm-hmm. ever remember um, my dad ever, you know, judging. Now I had asked him and he'd give me his opinion, but it, the conversation was always, you know, did you try your best? Were you a good teammate? Did you respect the game? Those yeah. were the three things he always asked me. And, you know, and then I'd say, I want help with my shot. I want to help. And then he would help me. But you've got to you've got to lay the platform of unconditional love and unconditional pride first. That's a great comment. (laughs) Great comment. I think and it's it's not easy. Let's validate that. It's not easy. It's an emotional role being a parent of an athlete. Yep. It is. You want the best for them. Nobody's going to judge you for wanting the best. But no, but you sure hope the the parents next to you. Don't hope it for their kid more than for your kid. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, all right. So, so as executive director of the coaches association in New York for for basketball, that that is um, something you are the found the founder um, of yes. this association. Um, yep. And and when you developed this, you were asked one time. Um, there was an article on Press Connects that that you were asked about kind of the mission, and you talked a little bit of in a, in a snippet of was we want to help coaches develop. Um, and we want to be advocates for coaches mm-hmm. and yeah. which tr- I know there's a lot more to it, but those two statements really stood out to me. Um, so how, how can we help coaches develop um, tools to help athletes? Cause they're not all trained um, in counseling services or therapeutic oh. techniques. What can we do to help some of those coaches? I think that right now the, the national and each state, we're trying to get an effort for that next generation of coaches to get the, an awful lot of younger people that are saying, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to deal with those parents, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So we need to prepare them and train them. And I think one of the major things we can deal with is coaches have that unique opportunity to positively affect student athletes more than anybody except their family. Mm-hmm. 
And I think that is something we can nurture. And you get down to, well, why do you coach this way? Well, that's the way I was coached. But we need to have a that new model that it's okay to say, how do you feel today? You know, and they say it was crappy or whatever. You don't then make them run laps, you know, but you've got a new, I don't want to say soft skills because they're hard skills, but we teach them. You know, I think that's, that's what we've got to do. We've got to teach them. That is so true. Well, speaking of teaching, you've, you've, you authored a book um, that was called um, Beyond the X's and O's and it's a mm -hmm. college textbook for future coaches. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, you know, the, the contents of this book, how can it help them grow in that area? Cause I love the title, by the way, <laughs> Beyond you. the X's and O's. <laughs> yes. yes. Which was unheard of back when I wrote it, you know, right? it was, everything was how do you beat this zone or basketball wise, you know? And, and so I wanted to get to the real part of being a coach, you know, the, what, what does the human being do? That's, that makes them a coach. And so I dealt with, you know, how to deal with parents, how to do this, you know, all the things, how do you coach the kid academically and uh, all the things that wouldn't take place on a basketball court or the football field or whatever. And I used coaches that I knew as examples of what not to do, you know, so I, I never named did you them. Change the names. <laughs> I never put the name, but I'm always wondered did they go through it and see? Oh my God, that looks like me, you know, or acts like me. <laughs> because I, I think what used to be like, um, even now, we need a seventh grade coach. Okay, will you do it? No, will you do it? No, I'm not. I'm not good. Okay, well, come on anyway. You know, we just need right. to buy, and then there's right. no training. Right. So that's what beyond the X's and O's. And at that time, um, soon after that, I started coaching in college and a lot of my friends were teachers at college. So they'd started to use it. And then it became like a, a textbook in many places um, from Duke on down. I, I think that's a it's a huge resource. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that we need to gravitate towards that because it, if anything, even if it's not a course that they take in college, maybe it's, you know, it, it's, it's a development program that state associations require and they use it as a guide. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm going to, yes. I'm going to, I'm going to take over. I'm going to be your pub publicist now. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> um, I, I think it's something that is really important because again, you can't have any enough tools in your toolbox. Um, I think that's important. Um, and you were talking about different types of coaches. So let me ask you this. Um, you know, when I think about, you know, a successful coach, again, it's that total picture, right? The ones that are my way or the highway are just, they, they don't have any longevity anymore in this day and age. No. Um, that used to be what you wanted. Right. Right. And uh, you, you were, uh, again, I'm going to, I'm going to quote you from, from an article that I was reading that um, you kind of asked what makes a successful coach. And something that stood out to me was the most important thing is to truly, truly care. Uh, you can't fake that you care. Uh, it's the second most important part of giving them time to talk about what it is that their future and, and where, where, where I'm at now. I mean, giving them that opportunity. Kids are smart. They can see through when you are not genuine. And I love that statement. It, it's, I don't know how I came across it, but it's how I live. I mean, I, I teach college kids now. And I get that note when they're graduating, you cared. I know that you cared. You know, it's, it's, it's a skill you can develop, but it, it, it is crucial because we're all dealing with development. Yeah, we are. And it's so hard. And, and believe me, 
just like we were validating with parents. Let's Mm -hmm. go ahead and validate for coaches that sometimes it's not easy. There are high maintenance players out there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but, but you have to find a way that differentiated um, instruction, differentiated Mm -hmm. motivation is a thing too. find what motivates them. Um, That's a great comment. Yeah. Find a way that motivates them. I think that's so important. Um, But you know, what are, what are some ways that, that a coach can show that they care? I think they have to show, and it's easy to do, that they care about the person, not the athletic skill. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what did you do this weekend that wasn't related to athletics? Uh, how are you doing in each course? And look them in the eye and mm-hmm. comment back, but them as a person, mm-hmm. not the not the athlete. Then when you start practice or if you just finish practice, that's different. But it's, I, I, they'd rather put a, a circle of your players at the end or before you start, not just one, two, three, go, whatever school it is, but you know, you really talk to them, you know, you're worried about this smog from Canada now. And they'll, they'll say something and be like, Oh, my dad, da da, And then, then you start to see who they are. Right. And that it, it opens up a whole new door and it makes you more approachable as well. Oh, I yep. think that humanizes coaches. Yes. Yes. Which is, or you say it makes it more uh, approachable and accessible. You, then you have to be careful how often, you know, it's like, True. <laughs> yeah. well, you always, you start because you always go in and talk to them, you know, no, yeah. so there's just a lot to manage, but it's, it's human beings. And that's, what's so um, exciting. We're going to take our first break, but I want to thank coach Dave Archer for joining us this evening. This segment again was sponsored by Great Southern Bank, and we are very grateful that they are our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Well, welcome. A Coach's Perspective, this segment is sponsored by Highland Dairy. Highland Dairy is owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. Hey, it's a proven fact. Scientific studies, professional dietitians, they all agree that the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate milk. And we all know that Highland Dairy has the best tasting chocolate. They're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. We're going to continue our conversation with the National High School Basketball Coaches Association Executive Director, Coach Dave Archer. Well, and I think one of the things, too, that, you know, there are your starters and you have your role players and caring about each one of them. I mean, it's one thing to just be nice to everybody on your team, but to be right. able to make that extra effort to make them feel valued, that they yes. are a contributor, no matter if it's one minute or if they play half the game or if they play all the game, that they feel valued and they contribute. That is is a huge key, I think, to being you know a great a great coach. I was going to say yes. a great mental coach, but great coach. No. Yeah, the, the the value that they feel valued as a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Can't and that, that's what they can get out of that experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's what we would want for our own kids. And Absolutely. so, I think when coaches are, you know, when they are parents, I do think that gives them a little bit elevated perspective. Um, mm-hmm. As that, did you did you find that when you started to have children that that you became um, a, a better coach because yes. of your perspective? Yes. Even when they were preschool, you know, they're, they're just little babies, et cetera. You know, yes, very much so. 
because then when they started in school, then then you knew more problems and you knew more situations that kids face. Right. Definitely. That is so true. It mm-hmm. makes it a little bit more relatable as well when you absolutely can going through that. Um. So let so you know talking about um perfectionism and and, mm-hmm. and some of these mental roadblocks. Um, I was reading this article the other day, Chin Chin Ki and Tai from 2008. And even though it's an older article, um, it rings so true. Um, sadly, it rings very true still today. Um, and th- they talked about the experience of burnout um, and how it negatively affects both the physical, psychological health and the athletes um, that are getting burnout are often t- defined um, with that um, perfectionism mentality, if no you will. And and so as high school coaches, you know, we're trying to get them ready for that next level for college and get them prepared if that's where they're going. You know, but but how do we how do we take away the the burnout feeling of this you know this perfectionism is that is causing it? And specifically in basketball, which is the the sport I pay the most attention to. We need to have less coaches and less activities mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that if you're a basketball player in a school in the springtime, play something else, do something else. And the same thing with the fall, then you become well-rounded. Maybe you're not a good baseball player, but you're a role player in basketball. You're a star. Mm-hmm. I think if you don't let them get run down mentally or physically, they're going to, they're going to thrive, you know, right? What I see now are the college students I have. I'll say, how many of you were on sports team in high uh, grade school, junior high, high school? Why? Right. I was tired. I was burned out. I knew I wasn't going to play. I was going to get in the band in college. You know, so just, right. yeah, but you, weren't you playing for fun? Weren't you playing to be with your friends, to represent your school? Or were you playing for the scholarship? So. So true. So mm-hmm. true. And I, I am a huge fan of multi-sport athletes. And if, if you ask, um, you know, college coaches, I sent out a survey once when I was doing a series on, on multi-sport athletes and, and I had athletic trainers that came in and talked about, you know, the injury prevention and using different muscles and all of, you know, the different training techniques, but I surveyed a hundred coaches, you know, 98% came back that they would rather recruit a multi-sport athlete. The two coaches that said, no, they want them to specialize had been coaching one year and two years. <laughs> <laughs> yep. so, that might, yep. that might tell you something. <laughs> sure does. You know, they, they, that is such a, it's such a great brain break for them. As you said, it makes them yeah. more fresh for their season. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they have time to be a human. Wouldn't that be nice? That is yes. good. <laughs> yes. Very nice. <laughs> We're going to take our next break and our final break, and we'll be right back with Coach Dave Archer. And I want to thank him so much for taking the time to be with us. I want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment, along with Greg and Melinda Burnett, as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Welcome back to A Coach's Perspective. We have National High School Basketball Coaches Association Executive Director Coach Dave Archer from New York joining us. And I want to thank Bill Grant, Ford, and Bolivar for sponsoring this segment. Hey, they know cars, they know trucks, they know SUVs, they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. Call Kelly Grant, call Shane Rainey. They will take care of you. 
They will do a coast-to-coast -coast search and find exactly what you are looking for. Call 417-326-7671. We also want to thank West Logging for sponsoring this segment. Westlogging.com. Contact Danny West for a free consultation. He's going to treat your land like his own. And we also appreciate Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. We want to congratulate him on the milestone of year 28 being finished in business. We appreciate your support. Now back to our conversation with Coach Dave Archer. So, you know, as, as a leader and an educator of, of coaches, um, you, you are looked at as, as a mentor across the country for a lot of coaches. Um, and you're a go-to for them. So we need to shape this this mold a little bit differently in the future. Um, so as far as, as coaches are concerned, I think they are the absolute worst at taking care of themselves. Yes. And I don't think you can help athletes until you help yourself. Um, so I'm going to ask you to kind of put yourself out there just a little bit. Um, you know, you have a lot going on, um, mm -hmm. you know, your introduction um, we've talked a, a lot about what your responsibilities are and what you're involved in. Um, plus you have, you know, a beautiful family that you are very involved with. So how do you find balance? What do you do in your times of when you get a little overwhelmed? Faith is one. That's probably number one. Sure. And then along the way, I learned more about uh, meditation and mindfulness and taking those quick mental breaks. Um, and I, I just think, I mean, I grew up a long time ago and my brother was a three point three sport, you know, and I think that's the way you do it, you know, and then I get so busy with, well, you got the fall clinics, you've got this, you've got that, you're teaching and so on. And then you would walk through the door coming home and see your kids. It was like, perfect. You know, that's you drop everything and you become a different person. Mm -hmm. So I, when I get, you know, overwhelmed, it becomes faith, meditation, and pay attention. The more attention I paid for my kids at that time, the calmer I got. Isn't that amazing? They are the yes. best therapy ever. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. You know, and I, grandkids I are probably even better. <laughs> yeah, because they leave. You know? <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> That's so true. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that. Um, and I'm a big fan of meditation. I, I practice transcendental meditation and I, I love it. Mm -hmm. um, but I like the word mindful. You use the word mindful. And that is, you know, taking care is about paying attention yes. to how you're taking care. Yes. Expand on that for me. Mm. Um, I do a lot in my academic teaching about um how many of you were good in math in high school? You know, hands go down. I said, <laughs> how do you know? Well, I, I, you know, I just knew. And then we, we, then we head into how do you set goals, et cetera. And then your mindfulness and it becomes the growth mindset instead of the stagnant mindset. And it begins to affect everything you do, you know, the way you walk, the way you talk. So when I do that, even now with college students, I see the results almost immediately. You know, it's like, Yes, you're right, you know? So I think when you can clear their brains and get them to think about what it is and how does a piece of paper feel and how does that person talk, everything begins to fit. You know? I, do, I do think that makes a big difference. Um, and good for you taking that to the classroom and helping those students um, mm -hmm. 
got to be, uh, that's a, that's a great tool for self-awareness. And when you get more self-awareness, you get more self-confidence, more self-efficacy, yep. a lot of things can happen. You do. And it's, it's still old school, but it works. You stand at the door as they come in. How are you today? Yes. You can tell. Right. You can tell. How are they carrying their backpack? What's the look on their face? You know? Do they even speak back sometimes? You know, sometimes they look at you and engage and. Yes. Want well, to get to their thanks for asking. <laughs> other, other times it's like what what'd you say yeah God. you talking to me <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I, I just if, once you get them to get in and understand them as people it makes it so easy it does yeah. and it's that simple it's yeah. that simple to feel valued and treat them as as people absolutely um, well, I know a coach that does that. Um, I've, I've gotten to uh, do a little bit of homework on your son, um, Coach David Archer <laughs> at uh, Cornell Football. I was yes. looking at some of his bio. Now, I want to read a little snippet from from his bio, okay? Yep. Um, he was described as an innovator who has provided steadfast leadership while making education his mission on the field, in the classroom, and in life away from Cornell. Um, Coach Archer brings an infectious passion and detailed and organized plan for the future of Big Red football program. And you spend five minutes with him listening uh, to him talk about the educational mission of the university and how football fits into it. You're ready to suit up. I can't think of a bigger compliment for an institution to give a coach. <laughs> it, is, it is really, that's him. What you yeah. see is what you get. Um, he's a smart coach. But he also is like the guru on campus for diversity, equity, and inclusion, deliberately uh, hiring minority coaches and recruiting minority students. And he's also on the county mental health, I forget the name of it, county mental health something that tries to raise funds, pr promote awareness about mental health in the county, you know, but it, it just does it, you know, Um but he's uh, enthusiastic, you know? Well, I wanted to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I want you to continue, but I, I wanted to say, I think he probably got that from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> he paid my attention. Yeah. Any of my children, I said, don't stand on the sidelines, get involved. Yeah. And he realized, you know, there's a lot of, this isn't a very diverse campus. Let's do something. And rather than complain, he got the people together and took them to lunch and brought them to a game, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, start stuff. Yeah. Not to me. Um, that's another avenue for your mental health is not just talk the talk, but walk the walk. Yes. Walking the walk and putting action into your words can be mm -hmm. so empowering. Yes. And it's, yes. it's just impressive. I mean, I would love for my son to play for a man like that. Um, Absolutely. He's up, but <laughs> Absolutely. I just think that's something that you want to look for. Um, you know, they talked a lot about his accolades coaching, um, but it, that's the state. Those are the statements that stood out to me. Um, mm -hmm. If I, you know, if I was a, a, a parent of a recruit and I read that, I'm like, I want my son playing for someone like that. No question about it. No question. So, you know, it's it, within the Ivy League, it's hard to recruit because you have Harvard, Princeton, and Yale that have more resources than than the rest of them. But uh, he ra rarely loses the recruiting battle to anybody if yeah. he really wants that kid. That is incredible. So what and is his philosophy to, I mean, this seems to be like he, he, he doesn't coach. Coaching is not a job. It's a lifestyle for him. Right. 
why do you think, because there's a lot of football coaches that are show no weakness, show no weakness. You must perform, you must produce, or you are worth nothing. You know, not that that's not really how they feel. That was a little bit of an exaggeration. No, that's, that's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. How, how, you know, how has he been so successful with this different mentality? It really is a different mentality. And there's a lot of coaches that I know will, will, will share that similar mentality, but putting the person before the player. Um, it started slow. And then as this is once the kids players knew how much he cared, the battle was won. Um, so much so that one of these students on campus every year serves on the board of trustees. And one year recently, there was a football player. And they said, tell us about coach. Well, his stock went up and then that spreads the message to more people. But yeah, once they knew how much he cared, you know, he'd drive on campus, he'll roll down his window and pull over and say, hey, how you doing? You know, to the players, right? Not just so they're not just uh, helmet heads, you know. Right. Yeah, um, that's a, I like that, mm-hmm. and I think it's important too to be able to 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 recognize that you know he cares about them as a person. I think that's wonderful because a lot of head coaches, I mean, they have a large coaching staff, and a lot of times they staff that out. I know that sounds funny, but a lot of times they will. They'll staff that out. Go check on so and so. Check on you know. Check oh. on backs. Check on the line. Check on the nope. head coach doing it. You got hurt in the game today. They took you to the hospital. Go, you take the bus. Everyone go on the bus on home. I'm going to stay here with Joe or whatever it is. But yeah, he's, he he doesn't farm that out. And he's got 120 players on his team, you know, so. Incredible. That's yeah. incredible. Well, you tell him I'm a fan. I will. I will. <laughs> and they keep that. Keep it up. Keep it up. All right. I will. Yes. Um, okay. So, so at the end of, of this podcast, I always try and give kind of a, a technique of the month, if you will, um, or, you know, a technique for this podcast. Um, do you have any techniques? Um, I kind of like the, the meditation. Um, do you, do you have a certain technique in meditation? Do you use an app? Do you use music? Do you sit quietly? What's your meditation? I mainly is sit quietly because I can do it at my desk, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's mainly it. I do listen to some uh, calm music at times, or my wife is really big into um, me- uh, remedial yo- yoga or something for her back, and she comes home with all these. Look at this. Or try this one. How about that one? So I do. So it's it's because you you get moments. You know, you don't get time. You get moments where you could do something. And that's usually enough to de de uh, stress you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important. It really is. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that, you know, taking those moments, it may just be a few minutes of the day, but it enhances all of the other minutes. No question. Uh, yeah. No question. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you come back from teaching or coaching or whatever, and you sit down, but boy, is this, this is not good. And if you do the right five minutes later, you're pretty happy where you are. Yeah. All right, so I'm gonna I, w- I want to wrap with the, this question. I probably should ask this at the very beginning, but um, uh-huh. <laughs> I know where Coach Archer from Cornell got his inspiration. But your concepts of of of, of coaching the total player and paying attention to them and caring—that's um, it. You've been ahead of your time um, during your career. Um, who was your inspiration to help kind of guide you through um, that philosophy? 
bits and pieces of coach basketball coaches that I saw or observed. But I say bits and pieces because they weren't always doing the right thing, you know. Like, um, so mainly it was a, it was looking that there was a lack of, and I was going to fill that that gap. You know, it's like I don't I don't see people caring as much or. You know, all they talk about is how the ball gets dribbled. And mm -hmm. I thought, I'll try and change it. So, so far, so good. And they were receptive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah you've been described as a magnet uh, for a lot of people. They, they gravitate toward you and they they want your opinion. Um, and I can't think, again, of a higher compliment. I mean, that is a pretty wonderful compliment for your peers. They. It is. And I value that. I, I had one. You know, you're as round as long as I have. You get those and they add up and stuff. I had one this year where a young man called me. He had graduated five years ago from college. And I had his, at uh, the school I teach at, I had he and his wife uh, at different classes, you know. But he, he said, you had the most profound effect on this person I'm going to marry. So much so we would like you to officiate the wedding. <laughs> I know. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, <laughs> I, I love said, that. oh, I am so honored. When is it? It's the same dates we're going to be in Portland, Maine. So I can't oh. do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. But, but that, what an honor to even be asked to do that. Yes. yes. And I know it was a low point when I had that the girl as a student, you know, and she was having some stress and so on. And we worked through it. And um, But that was, yeah, that's one of those that just, you know. Yeah. Well, you were wondering I, if you would, I thought, attend the wedding, but officiate. Officiate. Not yeah. will you come to the wedding, but will you actually officiate it? Yeah. yeah. So. Oh, I love it. I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I am going to be bold and I'm going to speak for your players and your assistant coaches and your peers in the coaches association. You're also on the national basketball coaches board. I mean, you, you have a hand in the entire country and helping coaches and um, from your peers and your players, your assistant coaches, your students in the classroom. Um, I just, I thank you for your philosophy and I thank you for your attitude and I thank you for the impact that you've made on, on so many. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's nice of you to say. That's nice. I, yeah, no pressure. Keep it up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll <try>. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate it. We've been visiting with coach Dave Archer. And we're going to move into our post-game talk. Our post-game talk is sponsored by Story Construction. Story Construction has been providing high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. This family-owned and operated business puts a personal touch on all of its full-service commercial and industrial projects. Visit Story, S-T-O-R-E-E dot -E com. Don't forget you can go to acoachesperspective.com for all kinds of show information, lineups. You can sign up to get our weekly emails. Uh, you can listen to previous shows, lots of information there. Um, so you can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Next week, we're going to have Dr. Jerry Masterson will be here, and he's going to talk about an opportunity for college athletes after their eligibility, but he's also going to bring his daughter, Dr. Caitlin Thomas, is going to be here, and she's going to discuss the effects of concussions on athletes when not treated properly, among some other things. And now for our post-game talk. Hey, the mental health of our athletes, it's not a local issue. It's not a regional issue. It's its not a national issue. It, it, it's a 
it's a global issue. We have witnessed this at the youth level all the way up to the Olympic level. I mean, I get it. I, I, I want athletes to be tough and be able to handle the pressure of performance. And for the longest time, I had the mentality, even as an athlete and coach, as show no weakness. However, as a sports counselor and seeing over and over and over with young athletes and college athletes and professional athletes, we cannot deny the mental health of athletes and, and, and the decline that we are seeing with their coping skills and their coping mechanisms against some of the mental roadblocks. So that is where we need to arm them with the best resources. The mental game is the difference between good and great and great and the best. Hey coaches, let's arm our athletes with the resources needed to perform at their highest physical level, the highest sport specific level, and the highest mental level. And may we all have the courage to use our strength, take adventure, seek serenity, and embrace wisdom along our path. That's how champions do it. And I'm going to remind you as I do each and every week, be a good human and live your life like a champion. Live like a human champion. This is Jenny Hopkins, and this has been A Coach's Perspective.